Welcome to the podcast, Three Things That Matter. My name is Anne Blake, and in each episode, I interview a different guest. They are asked to bring three things that matter to them. These might vary from books and plants to places and occasions. These three things provide the jumping off point for discussion of the extraordinary in the everyday. Three Things That Matter is a Limerick Post podcast and is released every second Wednesday. In episode 8 of the second series, I speak to actor Norma Sheehan. Originally from Cork, Norma has appeared in theatrical productions such as The Cripple of Inishman and Angela's Ashes the Musical. She has a wide career on television, including recently appearing on Holding, as well as Bridget Naiman and Moonboy. Norma hosted a 76-episode podcast entitled Heal Your Hole with Norma Sheehan. She won Celebrity Ireland's Fittest Family with her family and is currently doing a 32-county tour of Ireland with Willie Russell's Shirley Valentine. Norma, welcome. How are you doing now? I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you on. and Thanks for joining us. And what, what I'll do is I'll get you, you know, we're going slightly unusual this one with your first thing. I'm actually getting to pick it. You sent me a number of things, more than three, and it's kind of a bit of a lottery this time that I'm getting to pick the first one. So I feel like this one will actually cover a lot of bases. So one of your things that you said to me was crack, as in the Irish spelling, C-R-A-I-C. But I feel it might overlap a bit with some of the other ones you sent me as well. So do you want to tell me about why crack uh, matters to you? Like, what's the point in having a day without crack? What's the point in being alive? What's the point in waking up, putting up with this planet and all the head wreckers and, you know, these nice people too? What's the point? What's the point in going to bed of a day that didn't have crack? (laughs) And I I don't mean like crack, crack drugs, obviously, just some bit of bloody banter, some old crack with some, it could be in a, God, it could be just pissing yourself with someone in the in a queue for a, a, a in Tesco or sorry, I better say Lidl, seeing as I'm the voice to Lidl. Um, <laughs> my other my other life, the voiceover world. Um, but no, I just like I guess it's from my dad. Really, you know, I I don't drink whiskey, and yet yet like whenever he's around, I will always have a whiskey. Just you just do those kind of things. It's like. Um, what else would I do? Like, I, I don't smoke, but I have an auntie who's 80 something and she has a couple of fags a day and sure, I'll always take a drag if if she's if she's around. It's just, just the crack. Just, just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what's the point in working if you don't like, what's the point? I don't know. What's the point? What's the point in driving down the road unless you've got a good tune on and you're dancing while you're driving? You know, <laughs> what's the point in even going out on stage and doing a performance if 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 you don't like doing it or or if if everyone out there isn't having a good night and that you can give them a bit of crack to take home with them <laughs> it sounds like a drug addict drug dealer <laughs> but it's important the spelling in this case and this is an audio medium so the importance in the spelling it's c r a i c the irish spelling of crack and exactly what you're talking about i think I mean, God, we 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 were denied a bit of crack for quite some time. 
we were and and sorry just mention my dad again he has the highest bullshit radar i've ever experienced so he if you're talking if you're boring at all he's just looking through you and he's glazing he's like moving on it's like oh, listen i'm going up to the pope because you are so dull um but uh, yeah no we have been we have been short to crack for the two years but i went up to i better say Lidl. i went up to supermarkets and that's all we were allowed to do and i used to talk to people in the queues and I would go in and one day my friend Joe, we went in and um, there was music in, in, in the supermarket. So we danced down the aisles to, oh, tequila, you will never know. And it was on in the, in, and we were there with bottles of tequilas. We didn't open them in the shops, but like, <laughs> like what's the point otherwise? You know, sorry. Oh, but it, I mean, crack, otherwise maybe known as joy, maybe in other, in other circumstances yeah it's something that uh i would say a lot of people sometimes struggle with so i i think like or struggle to prioritize yeah well people worry a bit too much as well like this worrying is a waste of time sorry i'm bringing up my dad again but he would all he said um was it he said it worrying is like paying interest on a debt you haven't even received so there's no point in worrying um just get on with it and everything sorts itself out and if like another thing is to be a solutions person rather than a problems person like you know i'm i love a good moan and i you know if i if i if i need it and i you know i'll i'll speak up if i need to but i'll try and speak up with solutions rather than being naggy norm yeah well naggy norm is that something that's thrown in your face sometimes when uh yeah <laughs> well, family I members no not really no i use the n-word like I, I i've been called norma no shame norma knockers when i had knockers and um, <laughs> uh, what was the one i just said a second naggy norm yeah it's just the end thing naggy norm well it's it's um as i said you did you did send me a number of things you, you, you that could fall under your under your three things and i mean i think we you know i'm a i'm a fan of, of an old bit of a cheat now and then um we both work in theatre and, you know, uh, cheated out, cheated out to the front. You know, how can we cheat this and make this work? Even if, um, yeah. even if, if something's not working on stage, uh, you know, they always say, well, just cheat it a bit so you can do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the mood to cheat a bit. What's and like, your, What's your go-to for crack? Like, what's your, are you a dancer? Do you do yoga? Do you do, do you swim? Do you, what's it? Yeah, I, I, a little bit of all those things. Um, and I mean, I, I suppose, yeah, dancing around a karaoke at home can be a real, yeah. a real uh, bit of fun, especially I, I suppose I'm thinking of solutions that, you know, in, in the pandemic, um, when things weren't available, uh, what, what, how could you find the crack? Um, I'm not, I'm not really a drinker. So that's that kind of, you know, as an Irish person in particular, that rules out so much. So I have to find the crack elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just what, what I can't deal with the drink is you know if I have more than one drink then the next day is a write off and mm. that for me that's a that's a day wasted you know um, so I suppose yeah I, I, I wouldn't it would want to be really worth it now for me to have a few drinks you know but that I suppose oftentimes the place you're trying to get through a lot of us are trying to get to enjoy times or in crack t in crack ways you know drink gets us there but if we can get the like we all are trying to get to a place of fun which it's much it's much more pleasant when you can get there that's true 
Yeah, like just I went to the marathon there, not a marathon, sorry, 10K race there um, two weeks ago with my friends because they were going and it was called mm-hmm. Wine on the Line. So I joined them because I'd never run a 10 kilometer race, but this sounded mad. Wine on the Line, brilliant. You got a wine on the line, if you a bottle of wine if you finish the 10K. So I was like, deadly. I went, great crack. I still haven't opened the bottle of wine, like, but the crack of the day was great. And I, I, I managed to do the 10 kilometers in under an hour. And I, I, I mean, I collapsed at the end. I was like, thought I'd had a stroke by the time I finished it, but I did it. And, and I was very proud of myself. Um, most boring thing, Jesus, running is running is running isn't crack. Now I'd have to say <laughs> the, achieve, the achieving of it was, was, was really good. It's about the payoff. And she sounds like there's good crack happening in the background of wherever you are oh now. God, it's music. very loud. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, there's, it's not a disco. But um, I had I'm I'm supposed to be in a quiet room, which I am in. But I uh, forgot that my daughter's next door doing gymnastics competition. She's getting ready for the nationals, which are coming soon. And I was going, well, gymnastics, that's a quiet sport. I'll be fine here in the quiet room. No, of course, they do these dances to, uh, every, but they're only 90 second dances. So maybe every few minutes we're going to get a 90 second bit of um, bit of a rave and we can have a boogie again. That that's hey look it's the crack sounds like it and, <laughs> and I was talking to her about cheating and what I'm going to do is I'm cheating one of your other things into the crack which is acting um, because you said earlier uh, that it's important to be enjoying acting and you are an actor mm-hmm. and uh, amongst amongst your many talents um, yeah and 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 how is that uh, I would say the acting now is an addiction so that's more like the other kind of crack the drug crack so. <laughs> Anyone who's into acting is sick in the head. It's it's a pure addiction, a drug. It's something you're hooked on because you wouldn't choose that as a job. Yes, it's crack, but I mean as a job, if something where you want to earn a living from it, then there's something wrong with you. And so I would be definitely in the category of people who have something wrong with them. Um, but you wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it as a job on anyone else because you have to work so hard to have so many streams of income from acting. And yes, there's the buzz of the performance, but like, some years you mightn't get a job, another year um, it might be very low paid. Um, you know, then you get a fa- fantastic one, you get left on the uh, editing floor or whatever that's called, chop, chop. So it, it's, it's, you, you'd want to be fairly resilient, as you know, for, 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 for that type of life. But I mean, sport is equally as grim. And, you know, I said it to my friend, my cousin, who's a builder once, I said, oh God, I've picked a shite life. And he just said, he said, excuse me, he said, I pitch for every job. I audition every day for, you know, to get to get the next um, contract. You know, he said, you know, you're not the only one, whatever. We've all, we all have the ups and downs. I was like, oh, sorry, dear. <laughs> and what, and, but obviously, as you said, it's the, it's a, it's maybe a different form of crack, more like the addictive one. What, what do you feel as an, as an actor, as a performer? And what's the payoff that I suppose is beyond money? Um, oh, the audience. It's all about the audience. Um, I gave up theatre for 12 years when the kids were young because it wouldn't pay for childcare. But now I'm kind of back at it from a more, um, I suppose, I, I, I was, could only come back at it from a commercial perspective because still some of the RT plays would only pay maybe 200 a week and it just wouldn't cover diesel and childcare or whatever. So now I do more commercial stuff like um, Shirley Valentine or the Martin McDonough stuff. And um They've kind of been the plays I've been doing for the last while. I did Angela's Ashes, the musical uh, tour with that. And but um, 
sorry, what was your what was your, what was your question? Oh, What's the payoff? The the payoff that's the payoff, non-financial. Oh, all about the audience. Um, so they've come out. They've they've bought their ticket. They've got the minder. They've had an argument with everyone on the way. They've parked up. Just made it on time. Nearly had a heart attack getting to their seat. Uh, maybe had a drink or a meal. Cost them a lot of money. And your job then is to give them extremely memorable night and if you can do that that is just fantastic and not like oh look at me i'm in a really big tv series that's so successful try and move people and impact their lives like i'm not mother Teresa. um i'm there's certain things i can't do um but if i can entertain someone to a high level and move them and particularly with shirley valentine the one i'm doing at the moment it seems to be a lot of women coming going look you've given me the incentive to get out again and get on with my life and i don't have to be strapped to the kitchen sink and um because after covid they've all been locked down so it's about giving people purpose again when they've told been told they can't live for two years and mm. now they can again so it's kind of beautiful when people say that and I've come back two and three times to watch it they say you know I brought my mother the second time and then I came back with my friend group the next time and we all got something different from it um, because the play was actually there before the film and it got Tony Awards and um, then it went on to be the film that it was with Pauline Collins in it as well um, but Willie Russell the writer came on a, a, a Zoom with me last year and he helped us make it Irish and he was very particular about it he said he prefers the play to the film because it's got more depth than the film um, it's got so many more layers so there's very moving stuff in the play as well as like you, you literally would piss yourself because the script is just bonkersly funny but it goes it's such a roller coaster of emotions from you know tragic comedy so it's really deep harrowing stuff and then she just snaps back to cooking something in the kitchen and having a laugh about her clitoris as she calls it or <laughs> stuff like that yeah she's she's brilliant so it's it's so it's not Liverpudlian. No, 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 I don't. I can't be doing that. Bore the case off someone for an hour and a half talking in a Liverpool accent. No, he came, he's changed all the place names to Munster. Um, Amazing. And Dublin and wherever. Yeah. So it's all, instead of being Britain, it's now um, Ireland. But obviously it's still, uh, she, for anyone who doesn't know the story, it's about a woman who is being treated like shite by her teenagers. They've moved out. Her husband is, he's not beating her up or anything, but he's being aggressively horrible. They're horrid to each other. They've been married probably 20 years, um, but totally normal stuff. The way anyone who's married a long time and has kids just gets absolutely treated like a punch, not a punch bag, a doormat. And so they just have to find a new purpose. So anyone who's given up their their existence for others and then realize these other people don't want them anymore it's about reinventing yourself and finding life and she said look what kills us a lot of us die long before we're dead and what kills us is all the unused life we carry around with us and um she said it's just about finding that spark again and she's like i won't go down to the history books but i'm there in the time i'm living in yeah, he's some writer, isn't he? Oh, Lee Russell. Like he wrote Blood Brothers and Educating Reach and, and he did the music for Blood Brothers, which I hadn't realised that he's a, like a musical genius too. So yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah, no, and you met him on a Zoom. I mean, that must have been the crack. Yeah, I'm sure I met you as well. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you old charmer. <laughs> oh, that, but that's amazing. Like, um, and oh, quick question about Shirley Valentine. So it's trans, it's transferred to Ireland, but it's still set in the eighties or or. Yeah, it 90s is. It or, is. I tried to get yeah. him. To, like, he was having none of it. He was like, mm. it's 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 timeless, and I was nervous about that. But there's people coming to see it from the age of nine to ninety, and they were all. 
like they all took something from it so yes what i would say that that is kind of missing is shirley valentine back in the day was 42 i've upped her to 45 because that's my age um but i would have loved to up her to 55 um because the new the new 45 really is 55 because we're now having people who are having kids are having them late 30s more than 20s um i would say yeah. it's more common so that's why I wanted to open a bit more, but he was like, look, that's just, that's just, you're being pernickety now, you're being silly, so. <laughs> well, look, I mean, that's, um, God, she's 42, wow, well, I'm, it's funny, I grew up watching the movie, obviously, and I've seen, I've seen a stage production of it in the past, um, but I think that is something that has changed so much now, because I'm now 43 and I, I don't think of myself as the same age as Shirley Valentine either. No. Yeah, but when I, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, two of my aunts died in their 40s and I was so distraught because they were beautiful, beautiful women. But I went, very sad, but they are old. So, so as a, so whatever age I was, maybe I was 15 for one of them, maybe 19 for the other. I was like, yeah, yeah, tragic. But I mean, they are old. Like, so... A teenager thinks someone in their 40s is ancient. Hate to break to there now, Anne, but you're crust oh, fossil. Don't worry. I work with teenagers enough to be well aware that I am beyond a fossil. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it's what somebody put a tweet recently, apparently, like, you know, Miss Havisham in um, Great Expectations, the woman in her, in her wedding dress who's, you know, yeah. c- caked into her her chair and, you know, has just given up on life because she was abandoned uh, or she was jilted at the altar. Uh, 38. Ah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I suppose people died earlier as well back then, didn't they? They, you know, now now they're expected to see 80, really. You are, at the least. I'm sure 80's like middle age at this point. (laughs) But uh, come here, speaking of crack and and acting, and actually possibly quite appropriate for our 90-second dance parties that we're we're getting in this episode. Um, Earplugs. I wish you could see them all doing the cartwheels and the flips. This kind of last walk. Sounds sounds great. Um, Oh, you can turn the camera around if you you want. I mean, obviously it'll it'll be lost. GDPR. GDPR. Well, also it will be lost. This is an audio medium and I won't be sharing this video with anyone <laughs> but earplugs you had earplugs listed as something that matters to you so we'll move on to earplugs from the crack slash acting yeah earplugs very important to me they are one of my dearest friends um i was living in london i was living near leicester square tottenham court road harley street um up by baker's corner various spots around central london and the leicester square was the big one actually because you know you, you just that's 24 7 they've been that does not you know leicester square doesn't sleep in london um so i started using earplugs and i never stopped and even when i had my twins um twin babies and my next baby I wore earplugs every night of my life since I've been 21 pretty much and um I never look back and probably wouldn't do very well without the night um but I just want to hear people say oh I was woken last night by um the teenagers passing or someone came back and they woke me and oh blah blah I just going oh you're so pathetic would you not put an earplug in your ear and shut up just get rid of one of them all the other thing is these people who get up and pee during the night god just stop drinking fluids after three or four in the day like have a sip but I have to get up during the night you don't really sort it out (laughs) three or four in the day no more drinking of any kind. Well, I mean, a sip of something, but like I wouldn't be having a pint of, like having a pint of water early in the morning and then, you know, the coffees are early, but I wouldn't be knocking back a big 
you know, big, big glass of something or a bottle of something late at night. Oh, I love, I love an old herbal tea at night. I love a sleep tea. But that's fine. That means you're thirsty at that stage, but you probably don't get up and pee during the night, do you? Oh, I completely not really do. Absolutely. But I don't blame anyone. I just go, I'm, well, I'm Shirley Valentine. So I'm older than Shirley Valentine. Of course, I'm getting up and peeing during the night. <laughs> oh, gosh, we're pennies and bits. <laughs> uh, well, look. <laughs> no, you're young enough. You're, you're not menopausal yet. It's the flushes. We have to look forward to the flushes. They're, they're on the way. They're around the corner. Oh, well, yeah. Sweating like a beast. Remember to have the T-shirt next to you at night. So when you're dripping wet sweat out through you, you just uh, lean up, change the T-shirt, maybe put an old blanket under you if the sheet's also wet, get back to sleep. So that's to look forward to. So, you know, like you get all sorts of advice. You get more than, than what you bargained for on this podcast. You know, a little bit of menopausal advice as well. <laughs> the um, Blonde and Nick was on one of my podcasts about Leaky Hole, it was called, because I, I think I was mentioning earlier, I did a podcast called Healer Hole. And um, one of the episodes was Leaky Hole. And she came on and she told us all about you know, leaky bladders and menopause and the, what the periods turn into during menopause. Uh, she said that it's like, it's not blood anymore. It's shivers of liver, shivers <laughs> of liver. So, you know, like your lamb's liver that someone would try and cook for you on the, as part of a fry, a bit gross, but good for you with the iron. Yeah. She said, literally there's shivers of liver just plonking out of you when you, <laughs> when you get towards, towards the fifties. Yeah. There you go, Anne telling you just the joy the That's joy the of, there's you know, the crack for you there's the crack you're you're bringing the crack into into everything um and uh with 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 ear earplugs oh, yes. um yeah out of curiosity because i'm i'm doing the cheat now you know i'm i'm, I'm in i'm in for the cheat now yeah. um would you ever wear them swimming why would i do that because sometimes people don't like getting water in their ear no, I only wear them so nobody wakes me up. I'd, I'd like to stay awake in the pool. It's probably safer if I do. <laughs> <laughs> now go for a lovely little snooze, snooze and a swim. No, do you know sometimes with the depth? <laughs> yeah. No, those people need to learn it. You lean your head to the side. You, pre you press the front of your ear. You lean your head to the side. You bang your head like that. Like, um, sometimes it's similar to the thing that happens on a plane as well. Or you swallow and it clears it. You know, there's no, I've no problem with clearing the... the the, the water out of the ears after the swims no well okay so obviously what I was moving on to rather than uh, rather than earplugs in in the sea was more the sea itself as I said I'm cheating you're you're getting more more than three things in this podcast but it's okay you know we we I we're a little late with it I I did miss a a, a week because um well with inflation everyone is looking for more bang for their buck now with the price of diesel so we'll give them we'll give them four things so instead of three did, oh you might even get you you might even get more you never know but um so yeah yeah, so the sea is something that um, yes. that you have that matters to you. Um, it kind of saved me during COVID, apart from apart from um, the old podcasts. I I had no interest in the sea. It was too cold. I was afraid of seaweed. If it touched me, I'd scream. Didn't like putting my head under. I'd never put my head under in the sea. Um, I'd always just do breaststroke. But I was an avid swimmer in pools. I used to love getting in and doing a bit in a pool. But during COVID, I just had enough, probably on close to a nervous breakdown. And the friends were going dipping. So I started dipping just before the winter of 2020. And I did it every week, a few times a week ever since. And um, then got so into it that I got the head under, got over my fear of seaweed and I now do races. I'm doing a sprint triathlon soon. I've done a 
kilometer race in the sea um so i'm definitely getting the head under properly um so i do like a bit of competition i do like um i do like to put a challenge in front of me that i shouldn't really do that i could possibly end up injuring myself but uh, <laughs> no no I, I i overcame my fear of seaweed and i'm not afraid a lot of a lot of stuff but the old seaweed touching your legs in the in the sea was not nice and the salt water with your head under grim but what i find with the sea is it, it'll it'll cure anything because salt you know they say swish salt water for your throat or stick salt water up your nose for this mm. and the other or put salt water if you if an animal has a sore foot but so salt water is great for everything apparently and the sea is good and what what you know the way your phone might be acting the maggot and they say turn it off and turn it back on again that's what the sea does it, it reboots you or re just turns you off and back on again so you can see things differently and always a problem going into the sea is not a problem when you get out but i think you swim do you Yes, I do. I do. I actually think anyone who listens to this podcast regularly is probably sick of me talking about it. But uh, yeah, no, it's I'm now not I'm a, a dipper. So I wouldn't be doing kilometers or anything like that. It's just me. It's more about getting in and getting in at all. But you weather. put the head under. Oh, I would say it's not a swim if the head doesn't go in. Okay, because now there at the winter, I, I got very chickeny and I found it quite cold and I, I wasn't putting the head under for a few weeks there on Christmas. I was only going, you know, doing, you know, going in for a few minutes and just floating around, but not putting the head under. That's okay. Well, I wouldn't judge anyone. I'm, I'm like, that's a personal thing for me. I wouldn't be screaming yeah. at you saying, Norma, put your head in. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you have to listen to the, you, the, the, the ocean is in charge. Like whatever about a pool and the lifeguard sitting there and you're floating around. It's like in a toilet with chlorine, you know, whatever. But like the sea is different. Like I've seen people in trouble. I've helped a girl pull her to shore. You know, it, you obey the sea because that will kill you. Like if you're not, if you're not constantly. Well, you don't- you don't mess with it and you don't, you know, even temperature wise, whatever. I remember um, getting advice from a sea swimmer, like in Galway, I was living in Galway and I, it was my first time going into the winter and I just asked one of these women who's there every day. I just said, I've never done this before. What, what should I do? She said, flip flops, the ground, the ground will kill you before the cold of the sea. The cold of the ground will kill you before the, the cold of the, the sea. Um, and then she said, uh, bring something warm to drink afterwards and listen to your body. Yeah. Do not stay in any longer than doesn't feel safe. Because a lot of people on Christmas Day get a bit hardy and, and then you've got ambulances. Do you know? So she's saying, get out as soon as you feel like you need to. And, uh, and no, that was there's no a while ago. There's no medal for staying in for 10 minutes in ice cold water and getting hypothermia. Like, you're an idiot. You're not a hero. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's funny. I was in um, Penny's the other day and it's just amazing how the culture has changed because of the pandemic and everyone's sea swimming. And there's now little kind of pseudo robies and dry robes for sale in Penny's for like, you know, really reasonable prices. Duns are doing, everywhere's doing them. No, yeah, yeah, totally. And they're, I, I'm not sure if they're the right thing to do to wear or not. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they are or not because they, they, they don't really make you warm. They, uh, they, it's, uh, it's more the toweling thing that like throwing a, a lovely towely robe thing on you yeah 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 that's the 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 towel which is yeah I, I don't for me anyway I bring a skipping rope so that if I'm feeling cold after I do maybe like a hundred skips um like you know what I mean because it'll get the blood flowing 
or else yeah. women start doing housework really quickly like and start running around because there's only one way to warm yourself up and that's movement like the tea isn't going to do it really unless it's well I will say in t- a hot drink inside you is good it, it oh, does warm it but if you're gone to a cold place and you're starting to chatter um, mm. like really it is the only thing that can do which is the skipping rope or, or actually jogging or housework I find housework the best I can I can I can tell you that for 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 nothing though that I um it's been a long time since I did a hundred skips and <laughs> it'll be a long time. But, but then you see, if you did twenty, you'd be hot. True, true. <laughs> I'd be exhausted. I'd be traumatized in a different way. <laughs> yeah. I'd be trying to catch my breath desperately. But um oh yeah, where would you uh where would be where would have been your kind of pandemic? Uh, swim spot without divulging your address too much oh yeah no I'm totally spoilt I have about 10 of them around me so I'm I'm Glenageary so I have everywhere from the 40 foot Sandy Cove Collymore uh, Killiney Sea Point uh, Sandy Cove did I say Sandy Cove um, so it's yeah I'm spoiled rotten spoiled rotten loads of the sea um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm in Limerick so the Shannon is my pseudo sea but um, <laughs> What you call it? Yeah. So, you're, so the Shannon is your sea. So how does that work? Mm. Is that well? The, I mean, during the pandemic, there was I couldn't go more than five kilometers or two kilometers at some point. So yeah. there was a spot. And what's that? What's, what's that like? Is that is that swimming in a river? Then isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, it, it, yeah what's that like? Is that kind of wild and smelly, or what is it like? Well, no, I wouldn't get into polluted water. It's it's just. Um, uh, you are heavier because you don't have the buoyancy of the salt. So I, of course, and um, but we, we like we have so much shite in the water near the forty foot. Like it's, is it, I wouldn't go near Sea Point very often because that has poo warnings all the time. Oh yeah, no, I the the Shannon in the in the city and a little bit outside the city is um it's treated so it's safe. I mean, you'd see you might see a bottle floating along, but that's. That's because someone's thrown it in. That's not coming from, yeah. uh, you know, and you just avoid that. But to be honest, no, the water, it's, I mean, the water, the Shannon flows so much that it's, it's moving. It's not stagnant, you know, it's, uh, um, but you, you can only go in like two hours a day, an hour before high tide each time. You, you can't, yeah. you can't be taking chances. I never saw, I've never swam in a river. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll put that on my to-do list. Well, Norma, you're going to be in Limerick in a couple of weeks, you know, next, so... Uh, next week. You never know. Yeah, or the next few days. Might, uh, we might have to, I might have to bring you for, for a, a swim. I think I've done that in the past. I think I promised Annette Flynn I'd take her for a swim and I don't think I did. So if anyone's listening to this, they'll be like, that Ambly just promises to bring people for swims and never does it. <laughs> so, um, but you might have to ensure, ensure I follow up with that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I might actually. Yeah, um, no, it'll depend on my schedule. Hang on, I, when am I down? The twenty second. That's Friday. Um, anyway, no, I'll be told what I have to do. I'll probably have a minute by minute, minute schedule when I'm there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll hold you to nothing. I'll hold you to nothing. And look, it, it, you'll have to come to the lime tree though. Well, I will. I will, of course. <laughs> it sounds like the crack, and we both we both enjoy that. Um, so moving on to another thing that matters to you, your car. Yes, I was brought up in the countryside where we had no bus, so to have a car was like oxygen. So one of the most important things that you had to learn when you were turning 17 was how to drive. 
Um, so you could get the heck out of there. And um, and it still is very important to me. And during COVID, I turned my car into a studio when we weren't allowed to travel anywhere. Um, so I did all my podcasts and voiceovers from the car. And I had uh, the duvets and pillows and all that out in the car for sound absorbency. And uh, the neighbours thought I'd been thrown out um, because they'd seen me go out with the pillows and teddies and the duvets. But uh, no, I hadn't. <laughs> And come here, how so this is a thing I always noticed because I I grew up in Limerick City and so I was a bit later learning to drive, just you know, because I walked everywhere. But um what age were you when you learned to drive? Sixteen. Okay. And what was your first car? Oh, well, like that's it wasn't my car, no. I mean we were driving around the field. So, like it's, you're not allowed to drive at sixteen. <laughs> so <laughs> field and an industrial estate and you know, getting into the odd tractor and um, but just, 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 it was very important to have the um, provisional license ready to go the day you turned 17 or the week you turned 17. Um, and back then you didn't have to do so many N's and L's and they weren't strict about the long periods of time with, with people assisting you. Um, you kind of got away with more. Whereas nowadays, like I will be encouraging all of my three kids to do it at 17, but I do think it'll mm. be longer because the N and the L take about three to five years now, do they, is it? Oh, I don't know. It seems to have gone nightmarishly long. Um, I think a lot of people who are driving the roads now could do with going back into, <laughs> could go back, could, could do going back to lessons. I mean, I think the people who are qualified now have done more lessons than most people who have licenses. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And yet, um, and yet, I don't know how the NNL people are meant to learn to drive because they're going to need someone like me sitting with them to learn to drive they can't actually go out on their own so when how do they how are they expected to learn i just it's it's it, it's very tricky it's they like a friend of mine i think she's done about 50 lessons at this point like she's just done so many lessons over the years um but so and what what would have been the first car of your own like whatever age you were what would have been your first car um, I guess I, I, I mean I drove a lot of cars it was just always cars around the farm so you mm. drove whatever was ever there but I suppose of my own investment oh Jesus I mean a bar a little polo I suppose the seven seaters are my biggie because I have three kids and double buggies and twins and stuff so um, I've, I've always had a seven seater for the last uh, 16 15 years um, and I, that, that I love because you know you can always throw half a football team into the car you can always pack the car off and go away for somewhere you can nearly sleep in the bloody thing or turn it into a studio as I said um I just love it I just love it it's so important to me and and like over COVID we say the kids were 12 13 whatever we did a lot of disco driving I don't know what that's called kind of um what's it called? just just raving on the roads basically so I mean I wasn't going over the speed limit or anything but like windows down music blaring and bopping up the motorway or through carriageway or through these villages maybe no one about like we were having these discos down around Bray and O'Leary and then through the city and and screaming and dancing and roaring and 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 like no humans about everyone just locked away so we have the kind of we have the town to ourselves but definitely yeah turned it into an nightclub for a while as well yeah yeah no drink disco disco driving raving on the roads yeah yeah i love it i love it that's i haven't heard that before I just I hadn't heard of it either. I just made it up. <laughs> no, well, the actual name I made up, but it's it's it's. Oh, I did it last night. Last night they I had to collect one of them was coming for a sleepover, a friend, and we took it. We went the long way home, forty five minutes in around Donnybrook for chips and a disco, and yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny the whole um, studio car studio thing. Um, 
I remember at one point, um, I was recording a, pod, a different podcast uh, last year and I was having trouble with sound. And so I went into the car mm. and it was a really hot day and uh, my laptop ended up overheating and <laughs> just turning off. Yeah. Very common. Yeah. Did, did that happen to you? It did. And so what I had to do was place it on. So I'd have to bring a stool and put little... Um, little uh, um, cups around it so it was balancing on like f- stilts so it can breathe you don't want mm-hmm. you don't want it sitting on the, on a hot surface the the laptop um you <laughs> swear I, my, my deep tech advice here now obviously a bit of air a bit of air coming in the window might help as well if it wasn't too hot but yeah no the bloody thing will stop all right you've been in trouble but the problem is you can't open a window because the whole point is you're cutting out. You know what I mean? You're trying to soundproof. So yeah, Well, I've gone into multi-story car parks. So if you go into ah. level three on a multi-story, it's cooler than the top or the bottom. Um, yeah, Lidl has, has got a good, uh, good, Lidl. <laughs> good shout out there. Uh, where I got, oh, Woody's. I, I did a podcast in Woody's in the back of the boot um, because there was a lawnmower going on around me. So went up to Woody's and while I was recording, this fellow pissed up against the, um, the back wheel. Um, but he couldn't see in the back window because it's a black window, but I could see him, but I cut it on the mic. You can really hear him peeing up against the side of the car during the podcast. What, what time of day was it? What was he doing pissing up against your car? I know, but this, no, this was during, during COVID. I used to piss everywhere. Like I piss, I've, I was like cash. I, all the, all the, all the toilets were closed. So I, I peed. Sorry, sorry. It was COVID. <laughs> I peed in every driveway in South County Dublin. And I remember driving down <laughs> to Cork to see the relatives and they were like, no, you're not allowed to travel. You can't get out of the car. You can't touch us. And I, I remember peeing along the motorway before I got there and chatting to them out the window. So they were like, it was like Tiernan Og or something. Fionn, what is your man? I, I couldn't, they said, don't put your foot out in Cork. Just talk to us out the window and we'll talk. Like we were barking mad at the start of COVID. <laughs> I went around and visited all my relatives. They'd open their front window. I'd sit in the car two metres away from them and we'd chat. Like, what did we think was going to happen? I swear to God, we were all batshit. Well, I have to say, sorry, I do understand now the man was pissing in pandemic land. I was picturing just <laughs> I, random man. No, it was, it was the Sally Noggin Woodies. And to be fair, you, you could see a lot livelier than a fellow peeing up against your car in that one. I, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool place to go. <laughs> but you had this bizarre sound effect in your podcast of someone pissing yeah, up against your heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I did. I didn't see anything. <laughs> no, he and you sure didn't want to bother him. You know, midstream. <laughs> it's it's bizarre that the the stories we're taking away from all this like is just um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it'll it'll it. It's not gone. It's not gone yet. In fairness, but I mean, we're, no, we're no. we've certainly other memories than we've had in the last I, up to now. Sure, don't mention the war. We've moved on, haven't we? We <laughs> moved on. Well, look, as I said, in cheating mode, you are getting. It looks like six things instead of three, but I'm happy because, as I said, there was a delay in in the you, podcast you, you going out. Like if you if you write me tomorrow, it should be six different things. Like, That's totally fine. Yeah, uh, no, what does that make me? Well, I, mean, I would really hope there's more than six things in the world that matter to you, in fairness, considering none of the things listed are your family. <laughs> I know that's not things. No, but that's not things. Jesus, mad. No, no, they're they're important to me. I do love them. But the, I, where, where I think kids are important is it's because, you know, the way some people don't have kids and you, you don't want to go, oh, Jesus, you're missing out. What you're missing out on is one of the hardest challenges ever. That's what you're missing out on. Forget about the old love and the cuddle and whatever. You can get that from a niece or a cat or whatever. But like it's you're missing out on 
one of the most difficult physical, mental and just psychotic challenges is what I would say. We're having three teenagers at the moment um, is that's what someone that that's what's special. If you want to say special, it's just it's a bonkers challenge raising children. And yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, the, I'm sure there's a lot of things in the world that matter to you, but there was one you did list, yeah. which I think we can fit in, and that's chocolate. Oh, stop it. I mean, I, that would come before sex. It would come before my children it should come before breakfast, dinner and tea. The other day, I, I, could, I looked back on the day and I went, what did I have today? What did I have today? And I think it was literally an Easter egg, um, some dark chocolate with some fancy salted something in it. Um, well, there was crisps in there as well, Doritos. There was a Seven Up, and there was a chocolate banana cake. It was in basically an entire day. So what I do now is screw this five a day and all your three regular meals. Monday for me could be dessert day. Then Tuesday could be detox day. Wednesday could be oh, I'm going to eat a whole lamb shank and and all trimmings. Like so, it's like I, I don't give a toss anymore about the rules whatever suits you and gets you through the day. So I don't beat myself up about me big chocolate day. Now then, because then you wake up the next day and the last thing you want is chocolate. But my God, do I love chocolate. Do you love chocolate? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's an addiction as well, like the acting. Well, we're coming up on chocolate time as well, like Easter. Yeah, and I would say to, to my advice to myself, to my younger self of two weeks ago, don't buy the eggs for everybody three weeks before Easter and put them in the boot of the car because I have eaten them all now myself. You have to buy them on Easter Saturday. What sort of a tool bag did I think I was going out buying a rake of Easter eggs a couple of weeks ago? Empty boot now. Tool bag. <laughs> Surely like that. I've always felt the life hack is go for Easter Monday because when you go to Little, obviously, um, on Easter Monday, you know they're all half price or they're just trying to get them gone because it's so, over. they're so cheap anyway no sure you they, they want you. it's like they're just pushing the drugs on us like it's, it's really it cool. is true they're they're crazy it's they're crazy cool. <laughs> come here do you say little or Lidl it's Lidl so I was in yeah for them yesterday yeah I know it's Lidl all the way yeah no it has to be Jesus. but the only people you say Lidl are the actual ads and me obviously but um everyone in the country says Lidl yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never been sure. But look, you have it here, folks. You're getting an official, proper pronunciation of little advice about Easter egg buying, and of course that T-shirt for menopause sleeping. <laughs> so don't say we don't give you nothing. Come here, um, Norma. Uh, you, as we have referred many times, obviously this podcast will be in the world forever, and this might not be relevant after the twenty. 20- 2nd of April 2022 but in the meantime uh it is relevant <laughs> until that time and sorry Anne even though I'm doing Shirley Valentine on the 22nd of April 2022 I am doing it a week later in Glore in Ennis and then going on to Thurlis to Source and going on to Visual in Carlo and Roscommon I'm doing 32 counties so whether it is Cork Kerry or wherever you catch me I'm doing all the north as well um tis, tis worth do you know what nobody's asking for their money back in it's really good 32 counties so how many are you down now well i did the gaiety last week and that was brilliant um and around dublin i've done Driopton pavilion and I'm doing access next month but other than that then it's like you just name a county and i'll tell you the venue it's you know whatever the mermaid uh kevin town hall we did um hawkswell sligo's coming up um done a maze in port leash um jesus is in a skill and there's one up there what's it called ord ord Howen. 
Bornavon. Um, I don't know where your listeners are from. Are they from all over? Are they? Sure, you never know. Well, I mean, they could be from anywhere. Primarily, this is a Limerick Post podcast, but I mean, you know, we are findable uh, in the in the ether, so anyone can really. Yeah. Uh, where where would they find uh, the information about the tour specifically? Oh, yeah, I, um, the main website is citytheaterdublin.ie. Um, so he has all the stuff up there. Michael Scott, he's brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, whatever's the biggest theatre in your county, will will have it coming up soon. Is kind of kind of what we're doing because the sets kind and, of. And mainly for you guys, for anyone, uh, as this is a Limerick Post podcast, uh, this uh, it is April twenty second in Lime Tree Theatre, um, which is Friday. A Friday night, but obviously, as I said, you know, thirty-two, as you said, thirty-two counties. You, you're and Claire, the Limerick posts are lovely. They're really good to me. Like the three times I've performed in Limerick, they're straight up. They, 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 they like you do over and above, straight back to you. Going, when can we help you? How can we help you? When, when do you want to do an interview? Do you want to have a chat? Do you want we put in it? Like you're just going, Jesus Christ, that's you're like I don't know. You're just really good. Like, do you like work for them? I know. It's I a think job. I obviously th- I obviously think they're lovely, and I have a huge love for the Limerick Post, and they are full of gorgeous people who are very generous and kind. So, because uh, I also am an artist in Limerick, and they're very supportive in general yeah. of everyone. Megan, so, uh, Eric, and the whole shebang. Yep, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the business. They're the bu- well. Um, and Norma, apart from obviously, you're doing this. Uh, have a, when does the tour finish up? How long is it? I don't it's ever going to finish really because all the like all the venues that we've been in, the Gaiety have had us back twice. Pavilion want us back again. They're all asking for us back. Waterford, Galway. So I don't know if it's ever going to end. Um, but sure, we'll keep going anyway till they till they're sick of us. For the foreseeable, you are Shirley Valentin. Is there anything else? Obviously, you have a podcast of your own. Where can people find that? Um, I, I wrapped it up there a while back, but there is 76 episodes out there with like Dustin the Turkey doing Turkey's Hole, Amy Huberman doing Baby's Hole. There's diff- different episodes, Mary Rosenstock doing Funny Hole. So it's Healer Hole with Norma Sheehan. Um, Brilliant. And TV wise, um, at the moment, I'm a tiny bit in Holding, tiny bit in The Dry, tiny bit in um, Harry Wilde, which is the Jane Seymour one, um, and doing loads of auditions. So trying to whore myself out there and get more parts but you know you absolutely know the story like it's, it's a it is it's it's an ever it's an a, a never-ending <laughs> audition but um and where can people find you online if they want to follow you directly on the socials jesus i'm on norma shane norma shane actor on instagram would be my main one um i'm not very good on twitter because i find them all a bit too clever um, and then Facebook, I'm Norma Shane on Facebook. But I, to be honest, I find Twitter a bit, I'd be afraid not to comment on Twitter because I'm not politically informed enough for, um, they all seem a bit angry and upset. They don't, they're not up for the crack really on Twitter, are they? Do you know what? It's a bit of a no crack zone, gotta say. So uh, yeah, that's it. Social media is you want to stay where the crack is. Well, listen, Norma, thank you so much. It's joyous. I look forward to seeing you in person on stage in Lime Tree you plus one twenty second uh, of May put in the diary girl and <laughs> um, I'll have a whiskey after absolutely it's a day well listen thank you so much for sharing well dare I say six things really but that was totally my call and I was very happy to, to get all that in so thank you so much thanks Anne thank you you've been listening to Three Things That Matter with me Anne Blake a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald Theme tune is composed by myself and performed and recorded by my lovely brother, David Blake. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please let others know and rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at AnneBlake78, on Instagram at AnneBlakePlay, and the podcast on the hashtag 3ThingsTM. <laughs>